The United States has witnessed several devastating weather events in the last few months. We've had winter storms in Texas, record-breaking heat on the West Coast, and more recently, a tropical storm hit Florida and the East Coast. Extreme weather events like these have consequences, like massive power outages, which have prompted governments to ask people to use less energy. But this is only a temporary fix. The country's power grid is clearly struggling to keep up with the energy demands of climate change. Rico's Rebecca Heilweil is here to fill us in on how the country's power system is doing and what changes may be coming. Rebecca, hi, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So to start, what exactly is the power grid and how does it work? So the power grid is essentially this giant engineering system that's full of these high and low voltage wires, sensors and poles and transformers that all work together to bring electricity that's generated across the grid and to your house. So on the broadest scale, the U.S. actually has two main interconnections, one on the East Coast and one on the West Coast. And then there are also these minor connections like what you probably heard about in Texas. Basically, what's happening with all these systems is that electricity, after it's generated, travels down these wires, starting with high-voltage ones, and then carries it these long distances. And then finally, it's transferred to lower-voltage lines, and those eventually pass electricity to buildings and then to your house and the appliances that you're using. So interconnections, by that Do you mean that they're actually like smaller power grids that are cobbled together to make up the whole country's power grid? Yeah, there are basically these two giant systems that are all connected with AC power and they form these giant uh, webs of grid, for lack of a better term, that keep us keep us running. And where does that electricity actually come from? Where is it generated? So primarily, there are power plants. There are more than 10,000 power plants that are utility scale throughout the country, and those are powering the grid. There are different sources of power. So in 2020, the government estimated about 60% of the electricity we use comes from fossil fuels, 40% from natural gas, and about 20% in coal. Right now, only 20% of that energy is coming from renewable sources that we're hearing about, like wind, solar, even hydroelectric. And the hope is that 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 number is going to grow. But, you know, we're running against the clock right Right now in terms of climate change. So how is the power grid impacted by an extreme temperature event like the recent heat waves, for example? So one of the main ways that high temperatures impact the power grid is energy demand. So during a heat wave, you have to turn up the air conditioner to be more comfortable, but other people are also doing that as well all of a sudden. So the demand gets really high and you run the risk of causing a power outage. And then customers will also be sort of affected when they get an alert uh, from their city or, or someone else saying, cut down on your electricity usage or your air conditioning usage. But, you know, there's this broader challenge of high temperatures actually making the grid itself less effective and limiting the amount of energy that power lines can carry. There's a problem of transformers and inverters that these systems use failing at a higher rate. And then there's this other challenge of all this infrastructure has to be kept cool. And the hotter it gets, the more water the power plants consume, which is a really hard problem if water's in short supply because of the really hot days. And I've also seen some images of the Pacific Northwest and its recent heat wave where there's actually been a physical impact on the infrastructure because of the heat. Yeah. So one major challenge is that if it gets really hot out, the metal that's in power lines can expand, which causes the wire to sag. Uh, And that can be a big problem if those wires are going near trees and you risk 
uh, potentially causing a wildfire. So sometimes they have to be turned off or other adjustments have to be made, you know. And then we've also seen these viral images of the actual wires melting. We saw that in Portland when a streetcar service had to shut down because the heat was almost literally burning holes in its power cables. How are are these events and the damage that they're causing impacting individual customers that rely on the grid? So, you know, like we were discussing, we have these temporary power outages that we've seen. They're becoming more common during these peak temperatures, especially what we saw in Texas and the West Coast recently. If there's a high risk of wildfires, then energy companies have to be even more proactive about cutting certain power. You know, there's obviously the alerts that customers get to conserve energy. This can be really a matter of life and death, especially with really extreme temperatures, you know, during the past winter storm in Texas, it's estimated that 700 people may have died when that happened. People estimated that, you know, hundreds of people may have died during the past heat wave in the Pacific Northwest in Canada. Um, And we, you know, this is not felt equally, right? The effects of the heat waves have been disproportionate for historically marginalized brown, black, and indigenous communities. And there's also people who are elderly, the people who are very young, who might have certain medical conditions or who work outdoors are also more likely to have to deal with the impacts of really extreme heat. So you mentioned sending out alerts and asking people to use less power can help manage the problem. But you also mentioned that it goes much deeper. The country's energy infrastructure is fundamentally damaged by years of wear and tear. And I have to imagine something like more extreme tropical storms that wipe out other parts of the grid is you know, adding to that wear and tear. What can be done to fix the grid in the short term and in the long term? So right now, one of the short-term solutions that people have opted for are rolling blackouts. So, you know, turning power off temporarily and just to kind of deal with the problem. But obviously, that's not a sustainable solution. In order to deal with the climate change that is hurting the grid, we also need to transition to clean energy sources like wind and solar. But, you know, that requires infrastructure changes for the grid, too, to deal with these new types of power. There's also this other challenge of one of the solutions to climate change that we're talking about is transitioning to electric vehicles, but the electric vehicles rely on the electric grid, which means we also have to make transitions for, you know, automobiles going onto the electric grid too. Um, There's another huge challenge we need to deal with, which is getting better at predicting how much energy we're actually going to need and responding to that energy demand. One of the things that power companies rely on is being able to predict down the line what's going to be expected. Climate change has made it a lot harder to basically predict the weather and conditions, which means it's going to be harder for them to make adjustments for that anticipated power need. You know, one of the things that I think the Biden administration is thinking about and people are interested in is smart grid technology, you know, using like interconnected sensors uh, that work with the internet and taking all this different data so that the grid can actually be much smarter and better at conserving energy and responding to problems. So that's some hope down the line but a lot of changes really need to happen. We've definitely heard a lot about infrastructure improvements lately, but what exactly is the Biden administration proposing to modernize the power grid? So earlier this year, the White House said that it was going to commit $8 billion to boost the grid's capacity to support renewable energy. So that's one thing they're doing. Like you said, there's this big infrastructure plan that uh, we're probably going to hear about the entire summer. Right now, the plan includes $73 billion for improvements to the grid, like building thousands of miles of new transmission lines, which is something the Biden administration wants to do and will be really important, they believe, for expanding the use of renewable energy in the U.S. We have to think about the fact that just because there's a power plant in one particular location, that doesn't mean that a solar solar energy or wind energy is going to come from that exact same location. 
location. And that, you know, is going to require some changes to the grid as well. But, you know, there's the federal government and what the Biden administration can do. But there's a lot of stuff that goes beyond uh, their scope that also has to change. What exactly do you mean by that? So there are power companies, there's private public partnerships, all these different actors that are really involved in making this work. You know, a lot of infrastructures need to be updated and changed and made adapted to this uh, beyond the actual funding. And, you know, without the government taking action, it could end up, you know, being on these private companies to take on fixing the grid. And we don't really have a guarantee that they're going to do it if it means that they can just make more money in the short term. So we really have to be thinking about all these different government actors and private public actors to kind of make the changes that we need right now. Well, that all sounds generally scary, <laughs> Rebecca. Um, but it does sound like that these problems have been around for, for years. And yes, climate change is making them worse. But there are plans getting started. There are things starting to be done to improve the grid. Does that sound correct? Do we have like an optimistic note to end on? I think that there are solutions and possible changes on the horizon. And obviously, we have to make a lot of these changes, but they are there. We just have to invest in them and put the energy into making them happen. And in the meantime, be mindful of how often you run your air conditioner. Yes. Rebecca, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to Rico Daily. My name is Adam Clark Estes. This episode was produced by Alan Rodriguez Espinosa and engineered by Paul Munsey. And we're always looking for new story ideas. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at ricodaily at ricode.net.